The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 30th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to talk about some actual NBA basketball. Not actual, actual NBA basketball, but plenty of news. I just recorded a podcast with Roto Pat for football. That'll be posted about the same time, so if you've got a draft, definitely check that out. Talk some strategy and stuff. But we're going to talk NBA this time. With me to do, with me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, less than a month until media day and training camp, Mike, so... Uh, I'm excited for that. There's Things are starting to heat up a little bit. We're getting some more substantial news, a couple transactions in recent days. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the things to get hopping. A lot going on. We see a lot of guys working out. We're going to talk about uh, Dante Exum working out with some guys in a little bit. Um, some big names at that workout. Definitely want to talk about that and some other guys that are kind of on the radar. But, yeah, the NBA players, they know that it's kind of go time now. They had their fun over the summer, and they're ready to kick it into gear. So, Two players are not going to be kicking into gear this year. Um, two players who pretty much, I mean, for the past almost two decades, really, um, David West and Manu Ginobili, definitely, obviously, NBA fans love them. But even in fantasy, um, Manu, like, I think Manu was, it's crazy. For a guy who was off the bench, like, he was always one of the first bench guys to have fantasy value back, you know, like a decade ago. But, I mean, this guy was pretty awesome, like, consistently good with steals, Always had better three-point numbers than most people. Usually shot the ball pretty well from the field with the threes. Phenomenal free-throw shooter. A little bit of everything. Like He was definitely one, a player I always found myself drafting, obviously, you know, before he really started to get hurt and stuff, kind of this decade. But mm. and he, and he, and then, obviously, the mono is so unique, man. I mean, just the way he puts those combination of moves on to get guys off balance, kind of like hard nest. But the way mono did it with such flair, he was just a highlight waiting to happen. Um, definitely going to miss him. Yeah, just such a unique talent, as you said. And uh, fantasy-wise, I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad to see Manu and David David West retiring because they've been, you know, on and off uh, staples for my teams for a long time. Obviously not in recent years. And, but Manu, even towards the end of his career, uh, last year, not, in a, not really included, but uh, per minute he was so good that as long as he was getting 20, 24 minutes a night, he was helping your 9-cat teams. Uh, which was unbelievable. You know, very few people can can average 23 and a half minutes a game and be a legit value. Um, but yeah, he kept it going. And so many highlights. I mean, obviously afforded a, a huge platform with the Spurs having such postseason success. But uh, he came up huge in big moments. And um, yeah, just a guy who, well, you know, there's, there's no one else like him in the league. So it's not like there's going to be the next Manu. Um, yeah. I think he was really, truly one of a kind. Got the lefty action too, so but yeah, he's uh, I'm definitely gonna miss watching him play, but we'll have his highlights to watch for a long time. Uh, David West, you and I were chatting before we hopped on. A lot of people who are kind of new to fantasy, you may not remember how good David West was, kind of the end of last decade, so like 2007 until 2010. Like he was Mister 20 and nine, but what really made us draft David West was 
he was one of the best free throw shooting bigs. We always talk about yeah. this. Bigs who can shoot the ball well from the field and from the line are gold. And I would always draft David West, like round two, round three, pretty much every year. He was pretty durable um, during that time. Yeah, it's pretty much David West. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the high points, especially with the percentages. He was shooting 50% from the field and 80-plus and percent from the free throw line um, with, with the Pelicans, with Chris Paul. And that was kind of his golden era for fantasy. He He maintained value with the Pacers after that. Uh, and part of his glory was he was extremely durable. So this was a guy you could just plug into your lineups. You knew he wasn't going to hurt you. Um, didn't get many defensive stats. Never added a three-pointer. So he didn't mold his game to today's NBA. You know, if he were five years younger, you'd probably hear about him working on his three-point <laughs> shot in the offseason. But that ship sailed for him, I think, uh, somewhere around 2012. But... Yeah, he was he was just a, a solid guy, especially in Roto. Like I said, you just plug him in; he won't hurt you. Career high in a season was two point two turnovers. Um, just just a solid guy all around. So, kind of power forward Kawhi esque, just you know, guy you just plug in there. He's going to give you value where you need it and not hurt you anywhere else. All right, so obviously there's really no David West fallout from this, uh, but there is quite a bit with Manu, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this guy because we talk about him all the time. But DeJounte Murray's splits with Manu off are worth a mention. Um, we're talking a pretty good sample. Um, so with him, it's 316, and then without him, it's 14. So 1427, 1,427 minutes. So I'm going to go with Manu, 11.2. Without him, this is per 36. 11.2 with, 14 without. 9.7 without, 8.3 with and boards. 4.9 assists without, 4.1 with. 2.2 steals with 3, 1.3 without. Like he's across the board better, except in field, free throw percentage. He's better from the field. His usage rate goes up quite a bit. Um, I mean, this this is more good news. His usage rate goes up 4.2% without Manu on the floor. Uh, again, assist rates up. Everything's up. So, man, another reason to draft DeJounte. Uh, he's obviously not the strongest. Off- I don't really think I've ever been so high on a guy who hasn't been very good offensively. Like overall, he was 16th percentile on offensive efficiency, which is terrible. But I mean, he's going to grow. Uh, we knew he was going to be raw. I think he's going to be a lot better offensively, and the steals are obviously going to be fantastic. And like we said, maybe he can get five, six assists. That would be huge. So that's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, and he's still 21 years old. So you look at a, you know, he shot 44 percent from the field last year, 70, just a shade over 70 percent from the free throw line. But at 21, those are correctable issues. Um, you know, maybe add a little few more three pointers. I don't expect him to hit one and a half a game or anything like that. But, um, you know, we've mentioned all the rebounds out of position at point guard assists should go up. Steals are already terrific. Um, yeah, there's, there's enough to like there. And Manu, you mentioned DeJounte's uh, usage going up. Manu is always a high usage guy. So with him off the court, the Spurs second unit is going to have to rely more on someone like Patty Mills, um, I don't know if Bryn Forbes will be in the rotation. He did sign a two-year contract to stay in San Diego or uh, San Antonio, so maybe maybe they like him enough to give him some minutes. Uh, but you got Lonnie Walker in the mix, Derek White. So I'm not I'm not quite sure where Forbes would fit in minutes-wise. Uh, I think I think they probably prioritize Walker towards the end of the season if they're not going anywhere. Um, White maybe over Forbes. Where do, how do you see the back end of that guard rotation playing out? Because obviously we love Dejounte. Uh, DeMar is probably somewhat undervalued, I think, based on the mocks that I've seen. I like him right around 40, 50. 
Um, but those other guys, do you have any interest in Mills, Walker, White, Forbes? Absolutely White. Uh, White's turning into one of my favorite last-round sleepers in a, a keep in a competitive league. I uh, look at the numbers as well. Um, not a big sample, just a shade under 60 minutes with him and DeJounte. But they had a 23.9 net rating. Uh, that's definitely eye-popping. DeJounte's splits are pretty good. Um, the high pace, too, in that time. 100, 107 pace um, with that duo. So all these numbers just kind of jump out at me. That, And I don't think it's crazy to say that they start white and then move over gate of the four. Obviously, you're going to start to Rosen and then play LaMarcus at the five. Obviously, this depends on how Powell's looking how Jakob Pertl's looking, but I don't think that's outlandish to say that Derek White starts. And uh, again, coming off, you know me, in Summer League, um, Derek White, he was basically like anti-Ennis Cantor because he loved Utah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, de- I'm in on Derek White. Pretty hardcore. Yeah, not a ton of size there. I don't know that that could be an every-night lineup, but it's that's very possible. So maybe that is a way for White to carve out enough minutes for value. Dejounte um, could guard twos, even threes. So I think that putting White, if he could defend point guards, I think he can too. Um, so yeah, it's... I, I was thinking more more on the back end with a DeRozan Gay Aldridge ah. front line against bigger front courts. But yeah, it's that's very possible. And uh, in terms of the front court... I'm I'm very into Jakob Pertl. Um I think he's slowly creeping up draft boards. Um, the only other real player in that mix who I'm kind of intrigued by is uh, Divi Bertans, but I don't think I'll be drafting him anywhere. He'll be used to situationally, I think. Yeah, and just too, too reliant on three-pointers. He's a guy, if you're in a deeper league, I feel like throughout the season you'll probably pick him up here and there to, to help you in specific category. Um, but I don't see him as being an every night fantasy contributor. Yeah, we know the Spurs are kind of. It's going to be tough. Like ever, usually I don't think I've ever really drafted a Spur last round flyer except for really Dejounte last year. Like it's typically you're going to be yeah kind of no. two up and down. But um, yeah, if Derek White comes out hot, then I definitely could see him again. He's not. This is I don't know anybody else that's really. I I, well, I don't. Know. Anyways. Uh, anything else you want to add, Spurs-wise? Like, but besides that, I mean, DeRozan's fine. I never take him. I'm always taking other guys there. Like, I'd rather... like When he goes, I'm grabbing, like, Bledsoe or somebody like that. So I'm not really drafting DeMar. Are you? Uh, no, I, I rarely target him. But in some drafts, a lot of people sort of have that mentality. They see, you know, he doesn't hit many three-pointers. Other than scoring, doesn't really jump out. Well, and weighted free throw percentage, of course. Um, but a lot of a lot of owners are sort of lukewarm on him. So sometimes he'll fall far enough where I'm happy to grab him. I mean, if he's there at, at 55, I'll take him every time. Um, but usually he isn't. So, yeah, not, not on a lot of my teams. With you there. All right, so, again, we're kind of, like, looking for news stories to cover and i thought it was interesting i was looking at a new orleans pelicans uh video that they posted about drew holiday's off-season workouts working out with his brother justin of course um but he had this you know 60 second little speech about how he's working on things over the summer but he really focused on three pointers i thought that jumped out at me considering he had his second worst year from three but he was just a shade under 50 percent from the field because he shot 35 percent of his shots at the rim so if he can up that, and specifically he was 28.4% on pull-ups, so you would think if he's going to have to handle the ball more, we'll talk about the other ball handlers on this team, but you would think he's going to be uh, a guy that's going to have to shoot off the dribble more. So that makes sense. They're going to put a lot on his plate. We mentioned if not for the late season uh, light schedule, being that they're them and the Nets are the two worst teams uh, for the fantasy playoff schedules. Like I would have Drew probably like 12 or 13, but I knocked him down probably five, six spots 
for the late yeah. schedule. So, um, yeah, what, what's your takeaway on Drew possibly working on his threes more? I mean, I love it. Why, why not? Uh, he's, he's shot as high as 39% from deep. Uh, you mentioned he fell down to 33.7%, which would you say that was his second worst second ever? Second worst, yeah. Yeah, but I think there's plenty for him to hang his hat on. He shot 33.6% uh, above the break last year, 45.5% uh, from the left wing, um, or the left corner, I should say, but only 12.5% from the right corner. And he shot just as many shots from the right corner as the left. So, you know, hopefully someone on the coaching staff will see this and say, let's let's plant Drew, you know, if he's not on ball and we're, you know, in certain sets, he's going to be catch and shoot, plant him in uh, on the left wing. 40% catch but, and shoot, by the way, too. So he was, it was just the pull-ups that pulled him down so hard. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I mean, obviously with, with DeMarcus Cousins gone – Usage rates changed dramatically. Um, pulled up some splits with Demarcus. Drew's usage was 22.1 percent. After Demarcus got hurt, 24.5. So he gained, you know, the over two and a half percent usage. Uh, Anthony Davis, just as an aside, went from 27.4 usage to 32.3. Uh, so obviously, one more reason to like him as your number one overall guy. Um, but yeah, both both Davis and and Holiday get a uh, get big boosts, I think. Yeah, and just to drive that point home, um, do do the old on-off splits. Uh, so without Cousins, twenty-two points per game versus fifteen point six with Cousins, uh, better mm. efficiency, two two assists better per game, uh, better steals, better boards by one point one boards. Just like yeah, he's gonna be a rock star. Uh, and yeah. I think he's going to be durable too. Like I've been saying, I think that time off with his wife has helped him heal. Um, what he's he's just going to be awesome. Um, Eighty-one yeah. games. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so one one final note on on Holiday. His assists without Demarcus. It's not just usage. He's putting it to good use. Uh, he went from five point two assists with Demarcus to seven point two without. So. Big, big leap there. So with the ball in his hands, the man's going to do good things. Yes, and I was doing per 36 as well, just to clarify that. Uh, nice. Okay, so other takeaway on this. So if Holiday's going to shoot more threes, uh, but again, I think it's more pull-up related, so I'm not too much other takeaways besides that. But how do we feel about the, um, if the other guards in the situation? I mean, besides Drew, it's a pretty weak group. Uh, Alfred Payton couldn't get minutes last year. He was losing minutes to like Shaq Harrison and stuff. Uh, Ian Clark, at times, the blazer killer, could be valuable. I was all in on Frank Jackson uh, as a super-duper late sleeper, but he got hurt. He's already back on the court. Uh, he looked phenomenal, though. That first half, he like jumped off the page with how fast he was. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a position battle to me. I'm not drafting Alfred, but, um, yeah, super deep, like 30-man. 30, 30 uh, I'll probably be trying to get some Frank Jackson action. Yeah, I'd be more into him if Drew hadn't suddenly gotten healthy. I mean, he played 81 games last year at 36 minutes a game. So that leaves precious little breathing room at the point guard spot. Um, so Jackson's more of a handcuff for me. I, okay. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Clark was ahead of him in the rotation. But as you said, there's not a lot of depth there, and Clark can play both guard spots. So there's there's probably room for Jackson to get minutes. I just don't see him getting enough behind Peyton and Holiday to really make a difference. Um, I'm banking on Peyton flopping. Oh, okay. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking Peyton down. And yeah. Peyton, I have no interest in uh, drafting for fantasy. I, his flaws are too glaring. I mean, the 65% free throws from your starting point guard, I want nothing to do with. with um, no threes. Yeah, no threes, high turnovers, 
it, yeah, the the issues are glaring. So uh, probably not going anywhere fit. near him. He's such a bad fit with AD. Like I just feel like it just doesn't make sense. Obviously, we had the Ron, but Rondo. I mean, he's a legendary passer, and Alfred's not. So I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, um, you know, the pace is great. Alfred's going to have to get used to that. Uh, which shouldn't be a big problem, but yeah, I just I think it's a bad fit. Where where I think Jackson could be super fast, uh, slasher. Maybe he can work on a shot a little bit more, but I don't know. Kind of deep cut. Yeah. In there. Uh, so sticking with deep cuts, um, literally, uh, Kobe Simmons got cut. We'll talk Celtics in a second, but. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say literally, Alfred Payton finally cut his hair, which oh yeah, nice. That's a merciful good. for the league. I mean, I found that guy hard to watch, but the anyway. best is when he's shooting free throws and his hand <laughs> is hitting hitting his hair like unbearable. How, how is how are you okay with that? How how the coaching staff like not like if he's sleeping in the hotel like sneak in there and cut his hair off? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah, sell it as a prank. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, Alfred. Yeah. Haha. I Just don't know. Random, anyway. random aside, back when I was in high school, this girl who's always sat in front of me, she had the longest ponytail. It was like so long, and it just like I couldn't stop looking at it. And like I would always just like I want to just cut that thing off, <laughs> but I never did. I never did, and obviously never did. That would have been extremely mean to do that. But Good. Yeah. Always don't mom. give in to those base impulses. Yeah, and also too, one of the, um, she also I remember taking a biology final, and like she was a loud breather, and it would like I couldn't focus. Like I, I would just try to do my test, and I was just here. <sighs> That's tough. Was she next to you alphabetically or something? Following uh, yeah. you around in classrooms. Uh, she was early. I forget what her last name is, but she was in, <laughs> she was in my homeroom at times. But like, she was like crazy. Anyways, yeah. enough about that. But thought that'd be a little funny aside. Uh, so Kobe Simmons got cut. So takeaways here. He was he was reportedly looking really good. Um, I always talk about Mike Wallace, who covers his team really well. He really talked him up, but uh, obviously they let him go. Uh, they brought in Shelvin Mack. Uh, Javon Carter got hurt, but he looked good. So I think that was the takeaway. I think they're comfortable with Javon Carter and Mack back there. And, I mean, maybe Wayne Seldon. We saw him play some point guard as well. If he can stay healthy, he can be a factor. But um, just sticking with the guards, obviously Mike Conley is mega risk. He's been missing, besides even the disaster last year, he's missed 20 games per season, even not counting last year. So, I mean, he, his game log looks awful right now. Um, so what do you think about this backcourt situation? Uh, yeah, have they guaranteed Andrew Harrison's deal for this so. year? Not not yet. Yeah. Cause, yeah, he's another guy in the mix, but I think as soon as Shelvin Mack came in, that was sort of writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll fill what they wanted Mario Chalmers to be, which is just a just a solid veteran. He'll come in, play defense, run the offense competently. Um, but yeah, I was also surprised. I, I thought that they would keep Kobe Simmons. I thought there was enough potential there. You know, 21-year-old guard. On a rebuilding team, why not keep him another year and see see what he can show? But they're winning fifty games, Ryan. Don't call him rebuilding. <laughs> oh yeah, who said that? Was they're, that an actual Robert Pear, their owner? Oh, all right. Well. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's yeah. he's a character. He could dunk though. Yeah, he's got a unique uh, style. Let's put yeah. it that way. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. The Grizzlies don't throw me. We've talked a lot about Kyle Anderson. He's um, I got fully on board the moment he was traded to Memphis. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm, I'm into him, depending how high he goes. I feel like his, his draft stock's really getting pumped up. So if he's going at 30 in a redraft league, I'm not going to touch no. that. No. What about, like, 75? Um, yeah, yeah. 75 is a good I think spot. that's fair. Like I said, yeah, I'd rather... Yeah, blocks alone. That's safe. Yeah, blocks alone. And, again, the, the 
I always say this. Him playing two positions is so, so big. So um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I love that. But, yep. Yeah, I'm definitely in on Anderson. Um, in the leagues with you and me, he's going to go early, dude. Like, one of us is going to take him super early. But for you guys who aren't playing with us, I mean, you could snatch him up at like 100, 110. Um, yeah, he was falling into that 80 to 120 yeah. range pretty consistently. Yeah, I wrote my it – dude, it took me so long to write the – abusing the default rankings for ESPN. But uh, yeah, Anderson's at 149 there. Um, so again, uh, Jared Allen's 144. So those are two guys you want to put in your queue. Um, and then Yahoo, he's down there too. He's not quite as down if I remember. One second. Or, yeah. or there he is. Uh, 112. Yeah, so – yeah, I mean, still pretty low. Not sexy because he's not going to score a bunch, but he's going to be pretty solid everywhere. Yeah, I looked up something for a draft guy column where Kyle Anderson last season had a usage rate of 13.3%, which is crazy. And he was still a top 80 roto value for 9-cat. And I looked up something like the next closest player with a usage rate that low is TJ McConnell, who was like barely within the top 200 so he's just anderson's such a unique guy i mean he his usage rate will go up in memphis he's still not going to be a volume scorer or anything like that but um but he doesn't need to be so any i mean his minutes are going to go up he was around 26 last year i want to say 27 um i expect that to be closer to 32 so that alone is just a huge a huge bonus um so yeah plenty of reasons to like him i said i wasn't going to talk about him but i can't i can't help myself (laughs) yeah four positions i'll always say as you guys know yeah yeah. um moving on to the celtics i mean i'm i'm not drafting any celtic this year besides terry rogier but gordon hayward and Kyrie sound like they're ready to go right now um uh, i've said enough um so I'll, i'll hand this to you um what do you think about hayward Kyrie? i mean Kyrie's going pretty much round three. Hayward's going pretty much four or five. I don't want those guys. Um, no. So, yeah, uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'll, what do you think? I almost can't believe that Hayward's going as high as he is. Um, I don't think I've seen him get out of the fourth round, which just shocks me. I mean, he's coming off a major injury. I guess everyone's got Paul George in the back of their mind that when he returned, he played immediately jumped into all-star level. But, uh, you know, you can't look at one injury and say it's going to that the, a player is going to rehab the exact same way. So even though Hayward's coming into camp fully healthy, Boston's got plenty of depth. I mean, even a guy, you know, we think of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They've got Marcus Morris. They've got Marcus Smart who can play, uh, you know, play big for his size. Uh, Semi Ojale earned minutes last year. He's going to get him again this year. So they have so many ways to pad Hayward and make sure that his minutes aren't that high, make sure that uh, – possibly back-to-back sits i mean we haven't even heard about possible restrictions i wouldn't i would be surprised if he didn't get rested in back-to-back sets um so yeah i'm going nowhere near him Kyrie irving only played 32.2 minutes a game last year when he was healthy now he's coming off injury again why wouldn't the celtics ease him into it especially since you've got terry rogier who proved he stepped up last year towards the end of the year and in the postseason that he can take over the team if needed so uh, yeah i'm sort of adamantly against drafting either of them for redraft um and yeah tatum brown for for dynasty great i don't like them either for redraft uh marcus smart that ship has sailed i don't trust him to develop his shot at all uh al horford's good for roto but sort of vanilla uh if that if that makes like sense he said he was near 90 uh in the last two months of the season per game he just fell yeah off. Yeah, if his blocks dip, if his shot isn't falling one month, he doesn't have enough to really compensate. 
So yeah. I guess I guess I'm with you. Yeah, no one else I'm super interested in drafting. Yeah. I'll add one thing too. Uh, Jason Tatum having a very offensive-based offseason, uh, working on post moves with Kobe. Uh, I think his usage rate is going to go up. Um, so Tatum's probably the only guy I'd consider drafting. Yeah, but he's he close. usually goes kind of early. Um, although ESPN has him, I think, at 101. Um, so yeah, if, if you could get him like 70, even 60, um, I'd be interested. But in a league that's yeah. real, I mean, he won't go there. And, um, yeah, I mean, what's crazy, ESPN, they have John Collins 100, Jason Tatum 101, Jaron Jackson 102. So I got a nice little pocket in there, too. Yeah, I'd take Jaron Jackson last out of those three. I would, too. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty spaced out. Uh, I mean, Collins and Tatum are pretty close. I, I would yeah. I would take Collins. Is Yeah, I think I would, too. Is Tatum scaring you? Because there have been a couple recent quotes. One, I wrote up for a blurb. He said that he wasn't concerned about a starting role, that – and then he said a couple different times that the Celtics, you know, they're not worried about having too many mouths to feed offensively. They all know what the ultimate goal is to get into the playoffs and vie for a championship, and they're willing to sacrifice. Is that just lip service, do you think, or on a team like this that legitimately has, you know, so many different scoring options? Does that worry you a little bit? I don't really view it as new information. I mean, this is, I kind of knew this. Like, I just mean, confirmation of Yeah, what right. I yeah. mean, we pretty much yeah. knew the deal. But, I mean, Tatum's obviously young, so he may not be as vulnerable to late rest. But this team is basically like Golden State East. Um, Kerr and much Kerr and Stevens. Like, so if Stevens lost, and I, I, I've said this before, how many seasons in a, lo- or in a row would Stevens have to lose to be at jeopardy of losing his job? Like, 30 seasons? Like, he's just so untouchable. So, he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to rest guys, obviously he wants a title. So, yeah, they're, they're going to do, they're going to treat the regular season like Golden State, I feel like. Yeah. So, all right, shifting gears here. Um, so again, I mentioned the workouts. Uh, Dante Exum apparently has been pretty impressive. Uh, I know Jonas is in on him. Uh, I am not um, for multiple reasons. Uh, don't forget mm. when Rubio went down, it was Royce O'Neal who started, who looked phenomenal last year. Um, Big time player for pickup from them. But one other thing, so Exum was working out with a crazy amount of talent uh, at UCLA. So just some names I spotted at this workout. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Antonio Blakeney, my boy, Kevon Looney, Jordan Bell, my boy, Seth Curry, Bobby Portis, who had the game winner, and I should add, Westbrook called Bobby Portis Plexico, which is hilarious because like he, <laughs> he looks like Plexico Burrs, and I am embarrassed that it didn't cross my mind, and I am going to call Bobby Portis Plexico for multiple pods now. Um, as yeah, long yeah. as he doesn't shoot himself in the foot, we'll be uh-huh. good to go. <laughs> Jeremy Lamb and... Uh, Stanley Johnson also in there, and Terrence Jones also working out there too. So I thought that was kind of uh-huh. a fun group. But um, I mean, Exum's cool. He was super talented. He's got the length, obviously. He's working on his jump shot, all this cool stuff. But he needs a lot to happen. Like he pretty much needs Rubio and Donnie Mitch to get hurt. So obviously, Jonas cites his per minute numbers, which are great. But you know, per minute number, much like Boban, like you got, he's got to get to twenty minutes or so. I don't know if he can do that. I'm not even sure his permanent numbers are that great. I mean, he, yes, uh, per 36, he averaged, well, let me see here, 17.5 points, four boards, 6.5 assists, 1.2 steals, and solid percentages. That also came with 3.1 turnovers, um, under a three per game, so he doesn't really have that range. 1.2 steals, which isn't great. 
and half a block. So per 36, good, but not outstanding. And that's based on such a small sample size, not just minutes per game. I mean, he, he averaged under 17 minutes last year, so you can't really extrapolate from that too much. But he also appeared in 14 games, which is <laughs> which is the immovable block in terms of why I won't draft him. The dude can't stay healthy. He's missed uh, just about half of all games over the past four seasons. Um, You might have images of him locking down, quote-unquote, James Harden in the playoffs last year. But he also, I think his per uh, per 48 fouls while guarding James Harden in those games was something like like 12. Like he he would have fouled out twice had he stayed stayed on the court. Would have fouled out in summer league. (laughs) Even even that. So, yeah, just, I I don't know. I'm not into it. He doesn't have three-point range. He was a combined five of 18 from deep last year. Uh, Yeah, even if those two guys get get hurt that you mentioned, I don't really see, see taking him. And I'm embarrassed I put him in the same breath as Boban. Uh, Bo- <laughs> Bo- Boban per 36, 25 and 15. Yeah, <laughs> so, my bad, Boban. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of is what it is. Like we said, for Jazz, just quickly, uh, obviously we're drafting Gobert. He's slipping a bit. It's because he got ranked pretty low. Um, ESPN has him, I think it, they have him, they have him somewhat, they have him, I didn't write him down in them, abusing rankings, but mm. he's in the teens. But Yahoo mm. has him at 33, I think. So that I mean, people, you can get him, and you even did too in one of years. You got Cat and or was it AD and Gobert? Like that's crazy. Like you draft, yeah. you draft Cat and or I mean Cat or AD, and then Gobert. Like you're set uh, yeah. on your big categories. Yeah, he's he's fallen. I mean, I, and I don't. I w- would you take Gobert at the turn of the first round, the eleven twelve range, or do you think that he's kind of fallen into the second round at this point? Well, the thing is, and this is this is specific to me. Again, I've said this. A lot of my mid-round targets are bigs. So if I'm sitting there at the back end and I'm, mm-hmm. and I draft, maybe say lowered, I'm gonna probably take Paul George over Gobert. Pretty easy decision for me. I would take Jimmy Butler over him. Like I feel more comfortable. More times than not, I'm like, oh my god, I wish I drafted a, uh, a small in the first four rounds. So based on that, like that's kind of why I have Gobert down. But obviously, if like Jimmy's gone, I mean, I, I would take Gobert over Kawhi. Uh, I would take him. Over Drew, I would take him over Mitchell, but he's right there though. Like him, Mitchell, and like I'd have to think about it if I feel like I'm drafting with if I'm okay. So if I'm drafting with like you and people who I know are gonna snatch up all the bigs, then mm. I would take Gobert pretty handily. But if I'm drafting with people who are kind of casual, like I would probably go small there. Yeah, you're right. It it's skewed a little bit. I used to always be point guard center first two rounds, almost regard. I mean, unless you have like the number two pick and last year and you wanted James Harden or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there there are there do seem to be more big men who in the middle rounds and even the late rounds, like a guy like Jakob Pertl, I'd be happy to take. There's a, a few more targets, whereas uh, swing men kind of dry up quicker. So. Yeah, a little, little bit more incentive to grab a guy, as you mentioned, like Paul George over over Gobert this year. Yeah, Jakob Pertl, 222 on ESPN. Jordan Bell, 259. I mean, those guys are just... Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, 346. Uh, my boy Zach Collins, 378. Jonathan Isaac, 394. Uh, also, let me ask you this, too. Um, Tommy and I talked a lot about Willie Hernan Gomez. We both are interested. Like, We feel like he could really build his value in the preseason. Yeah, that that's gonna be the the spot to watch him, I think, because uh, John Henson's. Oh, sorry. Biz, Bismack and Cody Zeller. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. And 
I don't really see Biombo even earning minutes necessarily. Uh, Cody Ziller is probably going to start. That's that seems like it's almost written in stone at this point. Yeah. Spe- especially if he's healthy. Um, but yeah, Which, Willie could. I was going to say he's not necessarily a healthy guy, but sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. But but Willie could get minutes, and he's proven when he's uh, there. There's only been a few times when he's really gotten sustained minutes, but he's looked good. Uh, after the trade to Milwaukee, which is where my brain was initially, uh, I, I was one of the people who thought maybe, oh, maybe this is the spot for him. He'll get minutes. Turns out that wasn't the case, and he was buried. Um, but Charlotte's a different story. So I, I'm also I'll, I'll uh, label myself intrigued. I'm yeah. gonna wa- watch him during training camp. I if a draft were today, I wouldn't take him. I haven't seen him go in any mocks except maybe Jonas took him in the final round once. Definitely on the ultimate. He's probably all watch list team. Like a guy who, yeah. if he's if he has a hot preseason, he's gonna get a big bump. Like I'll bump him up like fifty spots. I think the Hornets are gonna be a pretty good fantasy offense. Uh, I think Bereg is a guy I trust. Uh, I'm buying all these pick up the pace talks again. Kemba, I'm pretty much taking all day at the turn if I'm picking early. Like I want to take him right there. I don't. Um, you and I were like Lowry over Kemba. I think I I, I flipped. Uh, I'm going Kemba over Lowry now. Are you still any of you those two? I think I'm gonna take Lowry in that instance for for nine cat. I don't know, but I, I've always been partial to, to Lowry's nine cat game. Yeah, um, he can really fill up three, uh, you know, the the triple double categories. He gets steals, he hits three pointers. He's been durable, um, as has Kemba really. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's super that's close. Great, that's that's very close. Yeah, but. Uh, and do you have any interest in? I know you're not super high on Batum. Any interest in Jeremy Lamb as a per- perceived starter? I know Malik Monk's kind of nipping at his heels, and they, he's been talked up a lot. But yeah, I'm kind of. I'm, if I'm punting, like if I draft Westbrook, which I won't, and most of my teams I'm drafting guys that. I mean, say I draft like Dame and Paul George, and I'm like, okay, there's another guard there. I'm just going to punt this. And I mean, I would say t- I would consider Monk. I think he's going to have a pretty good season. Uh, obviously, he's going to be terrible. I've said he's been. Uh, according to anyone with like 50 possessions, he was the most inefficient player in the NBA last year. Um, mm. But again, the 20 point per game last five is impressive to me. Um, obviously, that first half of summer league, or first game of summer league before he got hurt in the last play, had that what 13 point first quarter. Um, definitely some head turning stuff. But like, I feel like that's there's so many teams where like someone's gonna break out, and I feel like that's one of the teams. Um, whether it's Batum having a monster year. Uh, we saw MKG's not going to be the guy. Maybe Miles Bridges has a sneaker season than we think. But I feel like a new coach. I'm always interested to see how new coaches treat new player, new treat their new players. So um, Willie Hernan Gomez, breakout candidate as well. So definitely a team that I'm going to be watching. And pretty much, there's a lot of coaching changes. So we got a lot of watch a lot here. And, and Kyle Lowry as well has a coaching change. Yeah, and I'm I'm not against uh, Jeremy Lamb as as like a late round flyer pick. Who knows? He was. You know, sneaky top 120 guy last year in 25 minutes a game. And that could push closer to 30. So he's he's also on my watch list. Yeah, he shot the ball well. 46 from yeah, the field, exactly. 86 from the line, makes some threes. Yeah. Pretty solid, kind of like David West a little bit. Yeah. All right, so I think we just came first for a circle, coming back with the David West thing. Very uh, nice. Anything you want to add here? Uh, nope. The Manu and D West, you will be missed. You will, yep. So again, um, definitely check out the Rotor World football stuff. They are killing it. Uh, they are going to be super busy this weekend with teams cutting down to their 53-man rosters. So uh, say, 
Um, send them some love. Um, definitely check out the page. They're going to be ins- crazy, crazy. They have uh, they have basically one of our nights. That's you know the, that fourteen game Sunday that that's coming up in April or whatever it is. Yeah. Like they have that tonight. They have all the teams playing tonight, so they have a fun night on their hands uh, with the blurb. So should be bumping. But yeah, if you have drafts, check out Silva. Evan Silva's ranks are free. Roto Pat's rankings are free. But if you're if you have a crazy scoring league. Um, definitely check out the draft guide, customized scoring, everything like that. It's really awesome. So, Yep. Cool. That. All right. So we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend. Happy drafting. And we'll be back with the draft guide next week. Very exciting stuff. There's a ton in there. So we'll be you'll, you'll hear more about that in upcoming pods. But, uh, yep, keep an eye out for it in early September. For sure. Thanks for coming on, man. You got it, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.